going to hurt you, Stan. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from that Waskawi Wabbit at Plymouth Rock, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 268, answering the big question, is it rabbit season or is it duck season? Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Stan. This is Tony. This is Wayne. This is Becca. Shout out to Pat H. Thank you for the gift. And new members, Mike P., who is a PhD in something. And being smart, he disinfected his tongue before licking the envelope, but said nothing about disinfecting the 10 bucks he sent. Also, new member, Casey M., we did indeed get your postcard. And we get email and letters. This one's from the aforementioned KCM, who asks, when valuing used stamps, does it matter if they are hinged? Nope. Uh, Short answer. Doesn't matter, but it looks Maybe. Do people care, I I, think, would be the bigger question. Well, here's my opinion. While it makes no difference in the Scott's catalog value that's printed... It does make a huge difference on whether the stamp is saleable or not. There are some stamps, such as the Canal Zone 50 Cent Official and the uh, um, Airmail Officials, that the stamps come all come pre-canceled, but it does make a difference whether they are hinged or they are never hinged. Oh, that's an excellent exa- uh, thing, too. Yes, I forgot so totally about never hinged CTOs. Yeah. But selling a stamp... You should give it a bath because hinges hide faults. And being able to put your best foot forward on selling a stamp, you know, the person flips it over and you can see that the back is nice and clean. I think that makes a huge difference in your ability to sell the stamp. I have a proviso to that, though. There are some stamps, such as some of the um, the smaller American postage dues from the 1890s where the ink is fugitive. And if you don't know how to soak them, you're going to have, you're going to have water that's running red. You actually, if you want them to be stabilized, you might put a small, you might put a tablespoon of, of cider vinegar that helps the, to stabilize the uh, pigment. And that is true, especially, yeah, the postage dues of the U.S., but anything in aniline ink. I'm sure that Wayne has something to add to this because uh, you deal with all sorts of um, anomalies in stamps. <laughs> well, yeah, and again, going back to the dirty stamping, not only does the hinge hide uh, a wealth of faults, but all kinds of pencil markings and just loose dirt that can float free. I mean, any time that you're dealing with used stamps, if you're going to sell them, uh, it's. I think it's really important to give them a good bath beforehand. Um, the, the cider vinegar is a fantastic tip for fixing the color. Um, 
I never heard of that before, actually. This is the first time I ever heard about that. Well, those of us who were been at it for a couple of years. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, us newcomers. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Remember remember when uh, trichloroethylene was used as watermark fluid? Oh, yeah. You, you, could, you, could, wel- you could weld your stamps to your plastic <laughs> mounts. Well, people didn't know how to get, ri- get rid of them once they were welded. What you had to do is throw the stamp and the mount into more trichloroethylene and let it totally melt out. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that with coins. Uh, a coin will get a green um, PVC sort of staining along the reading. And uh, <laughs> they used to just consider it faulty. Still but very now, hard to remove. Uh, it's it's removable. But back when, it wasn't. You know, you had a green coin. And, and I have to say, just for posterity's sake, since I'm the only one we can see, Wayne just held up a bottle for the... Uh, for <laughs> if you look at your radio real close, yep. you'll be able to see it. Some of us still have it. Mike and Casey, thank you for your support, and your membership certificates are in the mail. Today we are discussing the winners of the 2020 Lynn's Stamp Contest, the Mayflower Stamp, and the Bugs Bunny Sheet. So since this competition is six months from now, whose crystal ball is giving this information? Well, well, the Bugs Bunny sheet just recently sort of hit the social media. And I, when I saw it, I was blown away. I, I, I said, you know, this is a home run for the post office. Congratulations, post office. I, I would tend to differ a bit. Uh, a lot of the feedback that I'm getting from collectors, I think non, for non-collectors or beginning level collectors, I think the Bugs Bunny stamps will attract a lot of positive attention. But for a lot of dyed in the wool people, what I've been getting from a lot of people is we already had a Bugs Bunny stamp. Yes, it's an anniversary. It's not a significant anniversary. Why do we need 10 different Bugs Bunny stamps? Um, and, and while I can go along with the idea of having them, what the one thing that frosts me about them a bit is that we are celebrating his 80th anniversary. Why are we showing only modern depictions of him? Shouldn't we show the evolution of Bugs Bunny? He's uh, looks very, very different at different times, and I think they could have done. They still could have represented all the topicals here if they, that's what they wanted to do. But they also could have represented how he looked over the years to, to show people that aspect of it. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Sort of like what they did with the comic books. They show the old-timey plus the new stuff. It'll be like if they did a a Disney anniversary kind of sheet and they went all the way back to, like, you know, the Steamboat, Steamboat, Steamboat Willie Steamboat and, Willie. you know, Horace Horse Collar and those kind of beginning Disney characters before the, you know, well, if and then move do, all the way through to modern-day Mickey Mouse. If they're going to do that with Disney, then they should do Disney's first thing, which was Oswald the Rabbit. Yep. You know, when I saw these stamps, uh, it, I was reminded how often Bugs Bunny dresses in drag. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they depict him twice in drag in, 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 this, uh, in this issue. Well, attractive for the LGBT crowd, is that it? <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I understand. You know, I understand. I get it. And we were talking earlier about even the variety on the early uh, Bugs Bunny stamps stamp they had an imperf which i think it's worth about 75 bucks now 
but it was worth much more. Um, there's also another variety which PSE certified, but nobody cares about. There's actually two different die cuts to it. You know, there's two different, let's call them perf gauges. But, you know, at a certain point, you who cares? So the person who found them thought, wow, look what I found. I found a different perf gauge. And uh, it's from the ones, again, the uh, post office, you know, looking for money. They were framing these. They put them in frames. Well, the framed Bugs Bunny sheets have a different perf gauge than the normal ones that are sold over the counter. So, you know, there's that. Are there any uh, varieties? Has anybody seen on these Bugs Bunny stamps yet? Okay, how many of you have these Bugs Bunny stamps? Yeah, they sold yet. out. The, the uh, I've got one sheet. Yeah, they sold. Uh, supposedly, they sold out. Really? They've only been out what two weeks? No, th- I'm talking about the press sheets. Uh, oh, the- Wayne, have these hit the post offices yet? They were well. They they should have. I haven't seen them at our post office yet, but they were on the 27th. So they. I bought my sheet at my post office. Oh, okay. So. <clears throat> Because its press sheets are gone. They they sold immediately. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. What's the buy of the press sheets? I've never understood that, Catch or Scott. They're Farley's. In in 160 years, they'll be just like the Farley's. Do you still (laughs) have to buy them from Kansas City? Yeah, they only sell them out of Kansas City. Except that the, the stamp cave is closed. You can't order from the stamp cave. Really? Well, yeah, because I call. I, I keep calling to try and get the new issues because online you can buy stamps from the post post office, but for specific things like specific coils and so forth, if you want to buy the strip of twenty five of the uh, of that new coil that came out, uh, you can. If you buy it online, you have to buy the the coils of, of 3,000, the reel of 3,000. Yeah. <laughs> but there was an SKU for a, a strip of 25, but if you type that SKU in on the online version, it comes back that it doesn't find it. Oh, that's weird. And when you call the uh, the stamp cave, it says, you know, because of COVID, we're not, you know, we're not staffing our our sales. And they recommend buying from, from online. So there's a bunch of issues that you can't get right now. Well, I I rarely go through the stand, uh, the caves, and as a matter of fact, here you know we have a subscription for all the new issues because we want to get you know an example of each one, mostly just because of the stuff that's counterfeited out of China. So we want to get a real one. So if a Chinese one shows up, and I'm you know not being I'm sorry if I'm being politically incorrect, but. I think that most, if not all, of the counterfeits that we have seen have come out of China. So, that. Absolutely. What I think is cool about the stamp is the number of, or the stamps is the number of topics that are represented. I collect Disney anyway, so I would collect this even though it's not quite Disney. But I also collect the sports and music and superheroes, so... It's definitely on my, and mermaids, so it's definitely on my list to buy when yeah. I can get my hands on one. Yeah, the topics that are covered. Why don't you go through the topics? We have baseball, basketball, music, 
superhero comics, military, Hollywood, opera, comedy, um, Barbary, cosmetology, and then we have mermaid. Yeah, the Barbary cosmetology is the only one that I think isn't a uh, widely collected topic. But the other ones, I mean, yeah. Oh, don't forget flags. Oh, yeah, there's a flag. Yeah, so he, with the he's got the flag one. behind him in the military one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and specifically, he's wearing a, a Superman costume in the superhero one. Yeah. But Disney did that as well, where they supported the military by doing military, you know, themed. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, cartoons. Well, aren't there a couple of them that are banned from uh, both Bugs Bunny and Porky Pig that are, you know, now seen as incredibly politically incorrect? Especially the stuff that was on airplanes Those are the best ones. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Send all your hate mail to Scott Murphy at... <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, what have you seen about these stamps? Anything? I like the Barber of Seville the best. Namely because I saw that opera a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the first one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one I like. I, I, I wish they had him with the uh, sword and magic helmet opera instead of just laying there with the, the girl uh, pose. You know, there are so many better shots out of that comic, or excuse me, that cartoon. It's Spear and Magic Helmet. Oh, my Spear and Magic Helmet. Yep, <laughs> not, not sword. <laughs> well, of course, of course, the one that you, that you won't see here that everyone would have recognized, is, I forget the name of the episode, but it's the one that was uh, the very first appearance of Yosemite Sam. And you've got Bugs Bunny leaning up against the wall, rolling a cigarette, and he's got a six-shooter. Well, yeah. You know, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we're in an extreme political correctness thing that comes around, honestly, I think about every 30 years. It's just that this one is deeper than the normal ones. But we always go through these. They always ebb and flow. It's normal. But we'll see what happens. Now, you don't have a Mayflower stamp image. Oh, I didn't put up the Mayflower. Yeah. Now, I noticed that they're putting out the, uh, like a, not a press kit, but um, those uh, um, those color. Oh, Wayne, you, you, yeah. were, you were mentioning that. Yeah. These are the progressive proofs uh, of them. And, of course, they're not real proofs any more than they were with the other ones, but. Uh, but you get a chance to see each of the different colors that uh, that make up the design printed by itself, uh, the, the the process four colors plus the line engraving, um, and it really is an interesting set. They're in theory they're limiting these twenty five hundred, but if it's anything like the uh, inverted Jennies, which they put out a similar now those they put those out at two hundred bucks a set. You had to pre order them, uh, and they were going to sell twenty five hundred, and they didn't come anywhere near that. And so those actually are selling for some decent bucks now. Well, these, they also they, did. They, they, they claim they're doing 2500 of these, but they are like $60 a set, which makes them a whole lot more affordable. But these could even be broken down into sets of singles further, which is what I plan on doing. Yeah. they. Uh, I assume that there's going to be a sheet of imperfs in it? Yes. Um, 
not 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 fully printed. They're they're all imperfs, but the the fully printed one will be die cut. But all the others, like the golden spike and like the uh, inverted jennies, will all be imperfs. Did they put out a uh, progressive set for the golden spike? Yeah, for that railroad. Yeah, yeah. I never yeah. saw that. Oh, was that Can't... any successful at all? Or um, they've been very cagey about answering questions about that. I love them. I mean, I think they're they're attractive. It's a great book they put out with it, but nobody seems to know they even issued it, much less. <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. Uh, they're still list- I think they're still listed in the philatelic catalog. But... Oh. Yeah, they're still in there. Uh, $79.95 for a scholar. Oh, I got to get one of those. Because I have... A- I bought a short one of the inverted jennies. Uh, somebody had taken the imperf sheet and cut them into pairs. But I got, uh, you know, they have the plate wipe one and all that stuff. You know, the weird stuff that you look at and go, what, what is this? You know? Yeah. But let's see here. Yeah. What's it titled? Like Golden Spike? Uh, transcontinental. It was Transcontinental Railroad, I believe. How about just train? <laughs> yeah, it's called, called Transcontinental Railroad Commemorative Box Set. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So let's see what do you, what do you get with this? You get you get the colors. Uh, your uh, each color separated out. You get a book, and then you get a sheet. And the, so you don't get yeah. in, so you don't get an imperforated sheet of the actual stamps. You only get a regular sheet. Exactly, exactly. And all the imperforate uh, individual colors are printed on non-phosphorus paper too. So, so yeah, I wasn't planning on using them. I was just uh, having an imperf of the issue is obviously what they're trying to avoid. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, seventy nine ninety five, and uh, it's SKU five seven zero four twenty nine for anybody who wants to get one. I'm going to get one, just cause. They, they are gorgeous, and, and actually, and the book is rather nice too. It comes with it, but. Uh... Yeah, excellent. the The Bugs Bunny one isn't listed yet, though, right? I don't think they're doing one for him. <laughs> oh, that would be a that would be great if they did. Oh well, okay. So Plymouth is it listed? Yeah, Plymouth is listed. Um, it is listed as the. Uh, let me find it here. It's listed as the Mayflower in Plymouth Harbor limited edition collector's set, and the SKU uh, they don't have here, but you can't order it until. August 17th. Oh, okay. So coming up on uh, a couple days from now, actually, when this is up, it'll be like that day. So we will probably put this podcast up on the 17th. Excellent. Well, anybody else have anything else to add? I know Mark does. Oh, um, let's, uh, the uh, the new innovation stamp, which you can pre-order now. Oh. It's a set of five stamps and a pane of twenty, celebrating the American spirit of innovation, specifically in fields in which U.S. scientists and engineers 
have made significant contributions that have touched lives around the world. It includes computing, biomedicine, genome sequencing, robotics, and solar technology. They should have made a sixth one for innovative stamp design. Yeah, for and art then design. toss the other five. <laughs> and Mark, yeah, has, Mark has an Mark right. has an opinion on those. Yeah, that this this stamp is is awful. It is <laughs> awful. You cannot tell anything about the subject of the stamp by looking at it. All you see is the is the letters innovation that are, you know, spelled out goofily in in, in several different lines. Um, and it reminds me of the uh, 32 cent computer stamp that they issued um, yep. a, a while ago. That was another awful stamp. So, I mean, it's like you can't, you, you know, there's no understanding of what they're talking about by looking at the stamp. It's just a jumble of color. Well, it's hit and miss. I mean, you know, well, the, they're the, going to have some A's and they're going to have some D minuses. The computer is a uh, circuit board background. Right. The the genome sequencing looks like, uh, looks D- like a DNA a, strips. Yeah, Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about the solar technology because it looks like it's nighttime and that doesn't make sense because it's all dark black and blue. <laughs> so the other ones I really can't quite tell, but I have a small screen because of my script here. Yeah, so the Mayflower is an A, and these are like a D minus to F. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to give an F to only one stamp this year. Oh, yeah? And it's the hip-hop oh. graffiti art <laughs> stamp. And it, That's it, just because you don't understand the medium. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I thought that the hip-hop set was marginal at best. And then to actually, like, celebrate graffiti, to me, is... You know, that's not something we should be doing. <laughs> yeah, plus they, the the way they printed the colors, it almost seems like it should come with a pair of 3D glasses. Yeah, yeah, that too. So. No, uh, maybe it does. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, actually, uh, wasn't that first day ceremony just recent? Uh, they came out, the issue date on those was July 1st. Oh, July? Oh, never mind then. So they've been out for a little while. Yeah. It almost, the, the coloring on them almost reminds me of stuff that came out like in the late 70s, early 80s. Well, I have a funny feeling they're trying to attract kids to stamp collecting by put, putting this sort of thing out. Then where's like the Pokemon stamps? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> you know, they experimented with the Simpsons stamps and uh, they fell short. But they fell short for obvious reasons. How about the superheroes? Yeah, uh, we've had lots of comic book and superhero stamps. That's not for kids. Kids don't do comic books. I, d- I doubt that uh, anybody under the age of 12 has ever read a comic book unless it's like from their dentist office or something. And the way things are going now, I don't think comic if, books are coming back you at have, all. If you have a com- dentist that has a comic book, you got the coolest dentist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Most of them have it's Reader's like Digest. Like and Architectural Digest. And Re- 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 Reader's Digest. Digest is from when Roosevelt was president. Right. Teddy, not Franklin. Although I was uh, watching, my, uh, one of my favorite shows to watch was The Blacklist. If anybody has ever seen that, it's about a, a, this 
crime lord basically busting other crime lords and he was in the uh, doctor's office and he had a highlights open and he's going I can't find the dog <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was very funny you know I just had an interesting revelation I was looking through the, the philatelic catalog as you are talking about the hip hop and graffiti art stamps and I realized that the philatelic catalog breaks the law according to the United States Postal Service. In order to be able to reproduce a postage stamp in full color, it needs to be at least 125%, between 75% or 125%, has to have some kind of defacement mark on it. Otherwise, you know, none of these do, and none of them are 125% or larger. Oh, you want to know That's something? Interesting. I am looking at it, and you are absolutely correct. Yeah, because they don't want you to print them off and glue them to an envelope. Right. <laughs> you are absolutely. That is interesting. I, so they, not they that you couldn't. Re, not that you couldn't digitally resize it before you printed it out anyway. Well, but usually they had like a line going through it. Sure. Or you just cut it right out of the catalog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Update from our new postmaster general from North Carolina. <laughs> Ooh, burn to the North Carolinians. Any of those on here? I'm in North Carolina. Yes. It's your, um, your fault. I'm not claiming North Carolina anymore. <laughs> I will always claim North Carolina. It was first in flight, first in freedom, first in everything. Except for that whole... Um, what what happened in the eighteen sixties? Something I forget what first it was. First earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we had some earthquakes. Not as cool as South Carolina. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but was Delonica in North or South Carolina? Uh, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say the first gold rush was uh, in Delonica, but that's South Carolina instead of North. How about just Carolinas? Sweet. Well, we're we're still the best. Yes. Ah, okay. <laughs> you you you've got a leg up on South Carolina. Is that it? We've got a leg up on just about everybody. Yeah, but that... except maybe Wisconsin. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have because they have North cheese. Carolina does yes. have pure wine. That's right. <laughs> North Carolina wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we do apologize for lying to you. We did not discuss postal stationery paper colors today, and we promise to inflict this on you soon, though. I was waiting on that, Tom. I wanted to do postal stationery colors today. <laughs> well, that's all right. I had a uh, postal stationery thing that I did on Monday where somebody submitted a postal stationery item that was from the mid 19. 18, 19 teens to 1920, and it was on a paper color that seemed to match from the late 1800s. Oh, yeah, it was very interesting, yeah. The, uh, was it the Manila, Manila Amber, Amber Manila? Amber Manila, they call it craft paper. But it was one of the two-cent yeah, Washington was... designs from, like, the late teens, early 20s. And so, yeah, I wonder. Very odd. Yeah, I wonder if it's like you know, uh, during World War One, they saved paper. Did somebody come up with some paper from World War One and say, or excuse me, some, from the eighteen hundreds and say, "Oh, we're in austerity. We're not going to throw this away. Go ahead and send it to the printer." 
you know, maybe it was a spacer sheet. What? Maybe it was a spacer sheet. A lot of times in, in large piles of paper, you have a, a manila colored spacer sheet to, to count 50 or 100 or whatever. This was, uh, this was a cut corner. Yeah, this was a full corner and it was embossed. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, it doesn't mean it wasn't made out of a spacer sheet. You know what we, you know uh, what we should be doing is, I, I'm sure Wayne, you will be getting this to take a look at then because they're, uh, they're cut and folded after they they're printed. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Usually, usually they're pulled out, but you know if they missed it, then they missed it. Well, you know, people do discover new stuff, and Scott's catalog does list new items. Yeah. Well, until then, we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. You can support the podcast by joining Stamp Show here today's club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309 Henderson, Nevada, 89053. We are an APS-affiliated club, so you can send us your APS number, and your support of the podcast is greatly appreciated. You've been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 268. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. This was Becca. This was Stan. This, this is Stan. This was Tony. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay. That was everybody. I, that, was, that was terrible. <laughs> that was my favorite. I love those. Play. Play. This is Wayne. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs>You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.